1: Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. That's me. Thank you very much, Dick Warren. And of course, as you have come to expect, my dear listener, in studio today, our in-studio guest co-host, hard to say still, Clarice Connolly. Clarice is a coach who deals with, well, you tell them.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. I am a women's empowerment coach. So I work with women who are frustrated with how life is going.
1: So Um, women, just kidding, just kidding. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Not all of us. Who uh, ultimately feel broken, who are exhausted from always beating themselves up and, you know, just noticing that they're last on their list of priorities. And
1: where can we find you?
0: On heartandandsoul.com
1: Coach. Heart and, soul. Coach. and um she's a coach, uh, kind of up and coming, been a coach for what, two, three years? I'm a, a master certified coach, been a coach for 21 years. And uh, this year's The Coaching Show. What I want you to know is that today we're so excited about our guest. So it's excited. It's the perfect guest to have just before Valentine's Day. and um, And... We still need to spend a moment telling you about our fine media partnerships and our fine sponsors of this show. So listen up quickly because we're going to talk fast and get to our guest. Ready? So we uh, <laughs> first thing we want you to know is that the longtime sponsor of this show since its inception is Accomplishment Coaching. Now, if you, like me, are, well, if you are like me, God help you, but if you are like me and you look for the finest whenever you go shopping for anything, when I went to decided to become a coach, I went looking for the Harvard, the Oxford, the Yale, where's the finest coach training program? available. Well, accomplishment coaching is it. ICF accredited, of course, but also with twice the number of hours, the, the uh, about like 10 times the amount of coaching of yourself. It includes a coach for the entire year. Just an extraordinary, extraordinary program. And you, my dear listener, can go and observe the program in process in any of the fine cities it's available in. Are you ready for the list? Here we go. Seattle, Washington, San Diego, California, Chicago, Illinois, New York City, or a nation's capital, which could really use some coaching
2: (coughs) in washington
1: dc so if you're near any of those places if you're going to any of those places if you can get there check out accomplishmentcoaching.com and go and observe their coaches training program and process there's also a workshop you can do or what the heck jump right in and get trained as a coach at the highest level whether you're a new coach like yourself or uh, you know an old coach like me Uh, accomplishment coaching uh, where leaders coach and coaches lead all right you want to tell them about the ICF?
0: Yes. The ICF is it, our International Coach Federation. It's our media partner with the um, opportunity to support folks involved in the association. So the International Coach Federation also goes by ICF, and it's the leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coach profession because it sets high standards, it provides independent certification and it builds a worldwide network of trained coaching professionals. So the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches also elicits instant credibility for its members.
1: Like me and you.
0: Yeah. It's committed to connecting professional coaches with the tools and the resources they need to enhance their careers. So to learn more about the ICF ICF and to stay up to date on the latest news, visit them at Coach federation.org or on Twitter at, at ICFHQ and we have on an, an ICF representative uh, third Thursday of every month so stay tuned and listen in for those guys
1: except that it's on Wednesday
0: Wednesday, I don't know where Thursday came <laughs> from
1: <laughs> I don't either. Um, all right. So uh, if you know that the International Coach Federation is an extraordinary organization that will bring credibility to you and has an immense treasure trove, a rich storehouse of information, not only for you as a coach at whatever level you're at, but also research and other outcome studies so that you can actually justify the return on investment of coaching for any of your organization or individual clients. Check it out. Go to a local chapter. You want to be a part of the International Coach Federation. And you can find them again at coachfederation.org. All right. Well, now that we've done the important uh, prelim stuff, let's get to our guest. I was just looking at my copy of his first book, the book that rocketed him to stardom, and um, it's 1992. And you know, I went out and got it hard copy, hardcover, right when it was new because I knew that I needed that. Um, Certainly from the cave to the condo gender communication has been a tenuous art Uh, certainly not a defined science even between us Mm -hmm. Uh, a generation ago John Gray's men are from Mars women are from Venus my dog-eared yellowed copy is right here uh, helped couples communicate and deepen their intimacy as well as rejuvenate their love lives if you know what I mean Men and women, it revealed, communicate so differently, we might as well be from different planets. And in teaching couples to communicate, even speak out each other's language, John Gray became the best known relationship expert in the world. Now we're a generation and several bestsellers later, and John has now provided a 21st century update on the change in gender roles. Because I don't know about you, but I think it's com- way more confusing now than it was back then.
3: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so if your gender communication lines and even gender identification lines have become sort of short circuits, it's time to ask the expert on our sexual gender gray matter. I'm delighted, honored, and, uh, and really pleased to welcome back to our microphones, John Gray, PhD. Hello, sir.
2: Well, hello, and good morning. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you.
1: Thank you for being had, as we like to say. Hey, look around outside today, John. Where do you find yourself? I'm in the Bay Area near San Francisco. A beautiful, beautiful part of the world. All right. So, as I said, I have been a, a fan from the start, right? The original book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, a practical guide to improving communication and getting what you want in relationships. This is the best selling relationship book of all time. Is that true?
2: It is true, and thank you for getting that early copy. <laughs> yeah. People like you that helped me and helped a lot of other people find out about that book. Mm-hmm.
1: Indeed, it's mm-hmm. a. I think it's something in a hundred countries and forty-five languages. Now, you were. Where did this sort of germ of this start? There, there, you were a, a young man, a young PhD. Uh, what was what was it that fascinated you about this topic?
2: I guess I'm a rebel <laughs> at the time, <laughs> and it still is true to some extent. People were just uh, telling everybody that uh, men and women were the same, and to me, it was so obvious that we're not, and I think I had a perspective that most academics didn't have, which is I had been a a monk for nine years, a Uh, celibate monk, and uh, I was the personal assistant to Maharishi of Transcendental Meditation.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Uh, He was like a dad to me, and... um, and I was this star in a sense. You know, I was a master meditator. They did my brain waves and all that. And they did uh, big interviews in all the magazines about what happens in meditation. And I was the person they selected for that. So I was really good at that. And I was very good at being happy. You know, part of be- meditation is learning how to go inside and, and uh, to be introspective and to go inside and find your source of happiness and be totally, unconditionally, unre- uh, completely responsible for what happens in your life. So no blame. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a lot to blame. And then I got in relationships with women. And and for me, the journey was finding, a a, you know, in a sense, my purpose of life was fulfilled Mm -hmm. at at that time. But my brother, my younger brother, was bipolar. And meditation did not fix that. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, i got to go study psychology to help my brother. And that was my journey. And uh, then while studying psychology, I started counseling and found I had a knack for it. But the key to it was personal responsibility, and I'm sure that's you know, a big part of what you teach And as a coach is helping people take responsibility for what happens in their life. And when you can find happiness within yourself and you're in a relationship with a partner, when people are not happy in the relationship, they tend to want to control their partner to get what they want. Yes. Rather than control themselves to find that place where you can be fulfilled and then learn how to give more to get more. You know, there's an old philosophy which is if you want to receive, you've got to give. And it, yet it kind of goes haywire because women intuitively know this. But they give and they give and they don't get back and they wonder why not and then they're with the wrong partner and so forth. So I help women under, understand how to give men what men need so then men feel like, oh, I'm getting what I need. Then men do give more and vice versa. And also, a major part of that was learning to then correctly interpret our partners, because if you really see that your is coming from a place of love, they're, they're not waking up in the morning thinking, how can I ruin my partner's day? They're doing their best. And we always think, but I told you, and I told you, and you're not listening. Well, people are doing their best, and when you can see that, you can then respond in a way that recognizes that, and then you can bring more of that out. And so that was kind of my foundation. I had a different perspective, and I saw that a big part of how men in women were challenged in their relationships is not having this insight into some very basic differences that really exist between men and women. And as you said in that wonderful introduction, things have really changed today. They're more complicated than ever before. So I've, I've come out with a, another book that I think is uh, as universal and important as Are from
1: Mars was. Well, we can talk about that immediately. Uh, the latest book if i'm if my timeline is correct is beyond mars and venus relationship skills for today's complex world
2: that's correct just came out last week so it's just out there and still people can get it at the 20% off when you have the you know the bookstores and
1: so forth awesome we'll hold it up we'll even hold it up here's the old <laughs> one here's the new one okay um what i i just have to ask so a lot of people are going to are going to focus on you right where it's like well have you been married and have you been a parent and all that stuff so will you give us your sort of street cred uh around marriage and family and and relationships for yourself
2: yeah so i've been married with my wife 31 years uh happily married and gone through lots of ups and downs but i'd say the last 10 years has been super smooth nice and what you you know and and this book is filled with those epiphanies of how to once I understood men and women are different that made it so much better but then how to make it really smooth and easy when those challenges come up and they come up for everybody so that's a I've got I'm a parent I've got three daughters and Ugh. four grandchildren <laughs> My so
1: Oh I'm so sorry that that interruption was not supposed to happen, but it did. And that means that we're going to take a short break and talk about our, uh, we're going to, you know what? This is a perfect time to go get the book. It's Beyond Mars and Venus, Relationship Skills for Today's Complex World. When we come back, we'll continue with our amazing, incredibly impressive and used and valuable guest, John Gray. You're listening to The Coaching Show. Stay with us.
0: Talk to me.
1: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master
3: Certified Coach Christopher McCullough.
1: Continue our conversation now with John Gray, the best known relationship expert in the world just before valentine's day here in the united states of america i um Want to let you know that you can get his latest book, which is just out. It's just literally hot Last off the presses. You can touch it and it's warm still. Beyond Mars and Venus, relationship skills for today's complex world. But if you don't have it on your shelf, if you don't if you haven't committed it to memory, you also want the seminal book, the original Men Are From Mars, Women Are from Venus. And there have been a whole bunch in between, including Mars and Venus in the Bet Room. Um, Mars and Venus on a Date, Children are from Heaven, What You Feel You Can Heal, and so many more. Go uh, immediately to John Gray's website and check that out. um, Check out all of his fine work. And I believe, John, that we've now Uh, resolved our little problems. The fine staff here at WS Radio has guaranteed me that we'll have no further interruptions until the end of our time together. We should let you know, dear listener, that uh, if you want to follow John and find out more, go to Twitter. Uh, He's on the Twitter at MarsVenus. The website is MarsVenus.com and of course Facebook also has Mars Venus John Gray. Um, Just before the break we were talking about relationships and the differences between men and women. I know that you're uh, I brought in a woman especially so we wouldn't just be talking from one perspective here. <laughs> what what questions have you got, Clarice?
0: Oh, there's a for me I do a lot of spiritual work, so I really love the meditation and the monk. I just really grasp onto that. And the work that I've been doing is really just examining what it is to be you know, and in your unhealthy feminine energy and like unhealthy masculine energy. And the question for me is that I was very curious ab- about, you know, whether or not the argument still holds about men being the logical and women the emotional and how you, you know, really approach that.
2: Oh, I love the question and I love the your work you're doing because... And your introduction, how, you know, so many women are stressed and mm-hmm. uh, unable to sort of come back to their self. They're so busy, busy fixing things, doing things for others, worrying mm-hmm. about others. And it seems like there's just no time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that what I would define as what you just now said, the unhealthy feminine. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and then there's the unhealthy masculine. And we'll get to that. So what's unhealthy about feminine is when feminine becomes overly masculine. That's the challenge. And this was, it can be a beautiful thing when women express their masculine side. You know, I witnessed that was part of that in the the 60s when there was just this huge surge of excitement, energy, and passion where we sort of announced that we could all be free to be ourselves. It was kind of like uh, no longer having to repress. Women no longer had to repress their their mm-hmm. masculine energies but they could express them and likewise i was over there as a young hippie uh expressing my female side you know growing my hair out and wearing a very cool looking bell-bottom mm-hmm. pants and jewelry and
1: i still have those yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
2: and beads and, and, and pink shirts and all you know all that see I what like that, that was is that was the freedom mm-hmm. is of uh being able to express all that we are because as spiritual beings we are both masculine and feminine mm-hmm. but embodied in this body We have a physical body that's dependent upon different hormones and different structures. As a woman's body can make babies and a man's body makes babies in another way by helping her make the baby, Uh, our hormone systems are different. And the biological hormone system in men is primarily driven by testosterone. Uh, and it's a hormone and hormones directly affect what we want our priorities our moods our responses our defense reactions and how we behave so hormones are right there and we can't discount them in any way we know now that just simply you know somebody can be feeling something and you give them a hormone they'll feel something completely different Mm -hmm. having said that i'm not a big fan of taking hormones by Mm -hmm. the way i'm a big fan of understanding what thought processes, what attitudes, what behaviors, what actions you can do, what interactions you can do that would stimulate testosterone, or what actions, etc., that you would do to stimulate estrogen. So just for those naysayers out there, the, the big difference between men and women that's indisputable, while they still try to, you know, say that our brains are the same and so forth, which is basically not true, but, you know, it's science and there's always going to be people saying, but... You know, global warming doesn't exist mm-hmm. <laughs> and those right. kinds of things. So, you know, that's a big debate. But nobody uh, says that our hormones are the same, and nobody believes uh, that hormones don't affect literally every aspect of our life. So now let's look at those hormonal differences between men and women. As a general theme, men need to make uh, 10 to 30 times more testosterone to experience well-being and, and love. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're if you don't have well being, uh, you cannot have your relationship. As I mentioned before, we need to find the happiness in our own life, so we have something to share with somebody. So we're not like a vampire just sucking from them. We need to be giving. That's what the joy. You know, when anybody's really happy, you know that the really happiness, the greater happiness, comes from sharing and giving. Mm. And and. It, 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 So anyway, but back to, I want to stay on this point, which Uh is, so men need more testosterone. Men have more testosterone. I mean, 10 times more. Imagine you met somebody who was 10 times taller than you. (laughs) It's hugely significant. Then the other side of it is women have between 10 and 20 times more estrogen than men, a happy, fulfilled woman, at parts of the month. And at other parts of the month, she has uh, 20 times more progesterone. Uh, Her progesterone has to dominate so it's fluctuating with women, and just as this fluctuates with women during her cycle, it also, her needs in a relationship fluctuate, and, and that's so, so significant to balance those two things, as though in the first part of her cycle, estrogen will double. Actually, it will go up you know, to 10 times a man's uh, estrogen levels in the first five days after her period. During, then during the next five days, it will double so uh, it will become uh, 20 times higher than a man's estrogen. And it's during those those five days that a woman needs special... Rom- that needs to be the Valentine's Day of the month, so to speak. <laughs> that's oh. when she needs her romantic date.
1: Get a, that, get a calendar out. Hold on. i, gotta work, I got to write it. this down.
2: That's right, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds about right, I think. So
1: back to, back to <laughs> and your then, question. And then the few days before, lots of cheesy pasta. I <laughs> that's a, that's a,
2: <laughs> and then afterwards... Well, if she, the, then after those, that, those five days, mm-hmm. that five-day window, then there's about 12 days before a period. And that's when, biologically, she needs to have her progesterone higher than her estrogen. And whereas progesterone wasn't a main player on the way up towards ovulation, it's a major player on the way down. And what stimulates uh, progesterone has less to do with men has less to do with an intimate relationship. That's that part of women that needs to take care of themselves more. And that's what you're talking about in the introduction, is women who don't find time for themselves. What's happening is they have, typically, they have uh, estrogen dominance uh, and and low levels of estrogen at that uh, because they're over on their testosterone side, making lots of testosterone. When you make testosterone in the, uh, we'll call it the masculine side of life, uh, that's what stimulates testosterone. Those would be things like uh, and this, this like um, working for money, sacrificing, rushing around, having to solve problems for people that you don't care about. These kinds of behaviors uh, stimulate testosterone. More personal behaviors, more caring, nurturing, loving behaviors stimulate estrogen. And life is a balance of all those things. And when you're in a balanced... Uh, in uh, irrita activity which is for you, not for others, but for you, progesterone gets produced. And research now shows that estrogen lowers women's uh, stress levels during the first cycle and progesterone lowers their stress during the second part of her cycle. So it's more complicated for women. (laughs) And and how's a man supposed to know? That's for sure. Most women don't know. So
1: I carry a calendar with you. Just, here's where I am,
2: (laughs) and uh, so here's what I need. And Uh, it's also learning to communicate. But that leads us to the foundation to question, you know, are men more uh, logical or women more emotional? Right. And uh, I think you... But anyway, I'll finish that one. But so what I did in my book is I explained that... You know, there's. I went through basically twelve very clear qualities of masculine energy that produce testosterone, behaviors, attitudes, qualities that are associated with testosterone production, and behaviors, qualities, attitudes that are associated with estrogen, the female hormone. So that would be our male side, our female side, and then we come back to the answer to your question. Every person has a balance of masculine and feminine, mm-hmm. and. Often we go out of balance, but on the masculine side, logic is a masculine quality. So if I'm too far on my estrogen side, if I'm too emotional, for example, and I'm a man, I'm going to become dysfunctional. When men's Mm. estrogen becomes too high, they become dysfunctional. Mm. So if I'm becoming too emotional, my salvation is to come back to my male side and do something logical, or do something that has to do with self-reliance, or something has to do with independence. So these are different qualities of masculinity. And achieve detachment. Whereas for women, if they become too detached, uh, too logical, they often can't sleep at night, they often de- um, they don't feel the inner happiness, they're unable to access their feelings of deep love, and so they want to come back to their feminine. So, logic, women can be just as logical as men, but If women are only logical and they don't come back to their emotions, their vulnerability, they tend to be way, way more stressed than they need to be.
0: I this, really love that. Yeah, I this, really love that.
1: This is very instructional. I love it because all of your work, John Gray, is uh, pretty consistent in terms of, hey, with awareness, we can make different choices, and we're still mm-hmm. responsible for ourselves, that personal mm-hmm. responsibility or self-responsibility, is the great Sir John Whitmore wrote about. Like, we got to start with us first. But it also explains something for me, uh, actually many things. You know, one of the things my wife and I do is once a year... And it's coming right up, so I'm excited about it. Uh, We take separate vacations. She'll take the kids and go with family and they'll like go to a ski resort or something and just have a great time surrounded by family and tons of screaming kids and all the sisters and (laughs) you know. And I take that week knowing that my wife and kids are happy and surrounded by love and being supported and having adventures and I go away. I go on a bucket list trip to some island somewhere where people don't know going to the Seychelles this year just saying. And um... (laughs) And I get away from it all for a week. And we come back, and at the end of it, we're all very happy. Do You know, I've had my little detachment and get away from it all. She's had her surrounded by love and stories to tell and like that. So am I picking up what you're laying down, John Gray?
2: That's wonderful. That's a tremendous thing to do, what you just described. And it's a metaphor as well for another valuable insight, which is that when women are way on their male side, and that's a, that's a good thing for women to express their male side, but there's a momentum. Once you get over there, the momentum is it's hard to get back. And the same thing for men who become overly emotional. If the momentum over on the female side, it's hard to come back. Uh, eventually, we want to come back, but uh, it's and when we do, often that's extreme, too. Like a woman way on her male side, if she does come back to her vulnerable side, it tends to be her emotional side, it may become like a volcano uh, erupting. And yeah. and for men, the it, they they go over to their emotional <laughs> side, and they'll become very romantic sometimes. So they, but then they but they then wing back to their male side, and they shut down and won't talk for years. You know? Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but,
1: right. I told you I loved you in 1972. That should have been enough. Um, we, so I I like what you're pointing to, though, because I think that each of us is sort of looking at where we're either a little too this or not oh, not quite I know. there.
0: <laughs> which is
1: which is yours, Tony.
0: Oh, I definitely am far more on the the masculine side because I am a doer and I'm working and producing results, making the money. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Yeah. Like I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, meditation and using essential oils and salts Mm. and grounding techniques. But yeah, it's so profound to actually just touch on, hey, uh, doing things for you and working on that and how... Expansive that is, and how important, and how also, that really just spreads everywhere.
1: Those essential oils and stuff. Parties at your house for sure. <laughs> um, John, well, let,
2: let me let me point
1: out that uh, doing things for yourself
2: is a progesterone producer for women yeah. primarily, and doing things where you depend on somebody else is an estrogen producer. That's mm. called pair bonding. There's social bonding and self bonding, which is what you just described—taking mm. time for yourself—or and an example of going and spending time with the family. That's social bonding. These are, like, mm-hmm. really important experiences in, in a woman's life. And then there's another one called um, pair bonding. And pair bonding produces the estrogen and that, and also the oxytocin that allows testosterone to go down. So a key thing is to make that transition back from the momentum of being on your male side. There's another brain chemical, oxytocin, which makes that transition. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to shift from testosterone mm-hmm. to estrogen where you can, where you're being totally independent, male side, shifting to okay, what do I depend on somebody else for? Interdependence. How do I make that shift? Uh, it's going to a softer, more vulnerable side for sure, and it can even be scary for many women today. And ironically, the scare is that they'll look weak or they'll be needy or that uh, right, yeah. doesn't feel strong. And it's not that strong independence that we all have to various degrees. It's a part of us that loves and is dependent and needs help. We all need help, (laughs) and -hmm. and women today need a lot of help, men, in order to come back to their female. They used to need our help Mm -hmm. in order to be safe, in order to uh, have financial support and property and so forth so they could raise children. That was the old world. That world's gone now. It's still there, but we build upon it, and we build upon it the transition of when she's on her male side to come back to their female side, and that's something that women depend upon if they're in a healthy relationship, their spouse. And a man can help a woman go to her female side by generating a kind of polarity where when he's on his male side and he creates safety for her to go to her female side, and that's called good communication skills. Mm. And, and that's a new skill. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's not just regular communication. It's a one-sided communication that says, this is the time for women to speak and the time for men to be silent. Mm. You see, silence is masculinity. You know, you were just saying, Christopher, that you're going off to do your own thing, and, mm-hmm. and, and your wife's going to go off and be in a noisy thing with a bunch of her sisters. That's They're all right. talking and sharing and interacting. Well, that's a very estrogen-producing event.
1: Mm, good. So
2: when women talk and share how they feel, it's actually the major estrogen producer. Uh, and that's why therapy has taken off. In coaching, for, for, and coaching, where particularly when it comes to counseling, I don't know about coaching, but I know in counseling, it's 90% of the people who go are women, because they're feeling stressed in their life and they're able to express themselves and, and talk about their feelings and talk about their problems, which to men just sounds like complaining. So the mm-hmm. bottom line, men, mm-hmm. is you complain that women complain too much, but actually complaining or sharing feelings, and we can learn the art of that, is the most important thing for women to learn. And for men to learn how to create a safe space for it and how to do it mm. without men complaining back or without men feeling like they're not being appreciated and they're not successful in the relationship. Because mm. men, to feel testosterone towards the, in the presence of his wife, he needs to feel very successful. And if you complain, you just mm. knock down that success right away. Mm. And yet this is the challenge in relationships. She needs to express her complaints about life. Otherwise, she's shutting down this female side that can see everything that's good and everything that's not good. That's feminine. It looks at what's good and what's not good. The masculine side of us says, "Okay, how, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to fix it? How can we change it?" But the feminine side of us, without judgment of how what we're going to do or can it be fixed, it just simply states, "This is not good. This is good." And that freedom—that's that's why men are drawn to women. Is that when women can express what's good, they're so attractive to men that. True. that Quality where women can appreciate and be delighted and be happy. And then when women complain, they're so unattractive to men. <laughs> so, so, but if you suppress the complaints, which women have learned to do, they put on makeup, they, they hide their feelings, they have to look a certain way, uh, they suppress that part of them. They, over time, suppress their ability to appreciate what is good. And therefore, once again, they're not as happy and fulfilled, and, and men are not as drawn and attracted to them. So that's the dilemma that we have today, one of the dilemmas that I address in this new book. And and there are practical solutions for it. But first let's do you relate to that at all?
0: Oh no, a hundred percent. I mean that's very full circle for me. So I just am even more excited to just be here and have this conversation with you because it really just I it's the missing link, right? Because everyone, I feel like, is, well, they're people that are hesitant to kind of dip into the spiritual world and understand what they don't see. And, and this is more practical. Like you can take on little actions every day, and yeah. that can just be where you start. And that works too.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take on uh, with, all my, with all my heterosexual male <laughs> clients go home, be quiet, take out the trash. <laughs> Create the safe environment, do the works of service, and don't talk. Now,
2: you have to listen. This, this you is so par- listen. this is so paradoxical because back 30 years ago, and it's still there, and women experience it today. When men are quiet, women get very frustrated, mm-hmm. and they kind of go, what's he thinking? What's he going through? What's happening? Because generally speaking, when women become quiet, uh, they're holding back and suppressing what they're upset about. Okay, so if my, I remember a third year of my marriage. <laughs> my wife was very quiet, and I thought, hmm. I guess this is what happens in marriage. I like it. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> now that Now, I wouldn't have liked it for long, but then I found out she was upset with me. Right. But the point is is that when, when women are upset, one of the ways they deal with it is to express it, and if they don't feel safe, then they stuff it down. And most women today don't feel safe doing mm. that. Right. It, it makes them feel weak and needy, and they're afraid they'll be rejected, and all these sort of beliefs that push it all down now. And ironically, that's what we men, we have all, that's the male side of us that says, you know, put it to the side, get them, do something about it. And for men, that can be the best, best strategy ever. And for women to survive, it can be a strategy to win the prize, make money, it can be a strategy, but not for their well-being. Women need to feel safe to express what they feel, but this is a learning process. So the first step in it is first to understand that when you're listening to someone, you're on your male side, listening, seeking to understand, seeking to make sense, seeking to step into their experience, not taking things personally. Uh, This is male energy. This will increase your testosterone, listening. Most people think if you're listening, you're being a good girl. You know, you're on your female side. No, if you're sharing, you're on your female side particularly if you're sharing what you feel and think and wish and want from the inside without the intention to solve or fix a problem. So Mm -hmm. let me say that again. Complaining is sharing what you're feeling inside, your negative feelings inside about something with the intent to change someone, to control someone, to fix a situation, to get your partner to change. But real sharing, this is the estrogen-producing stuff, is to share what's inside without the intent to change somebody. So when somebody comes to you for a coaching session, Christopher, particularly a woman, if she's sharing her feelings, she's not trying to change you, and therefore she'll get the most benefit from it. Right. If she's sharing those same feelings with her husband, he'll get defensive, and, and because she, he feels she's trying to sh- change him, she's sharing those feelings to change him. Right. That's why coaching and therapy can be so helpful, as you get a chance to talk about what you feel without dropping into this terrible habit of complaining about somebody. Uh, trying to change them. So somebody says, well, if you can't complain, how can you change people? <laughs> you love them. You give them more, and then you ask for more without complaining. It seems so obvious in this context yet yeah, yeah, few people know how to do it, and, and then you ask for more and you don't get it. Well, what do you do then? You complain. No, you give more, and then you ask for what you want. But you can't always give more when you don't have more. That's why we all have to have personal responsibility and learn how to come back into balance. And again, if a woman was to talk to a friend or a coach or a therapist about what she's feeling, it would produce the same hormones that if she was sharing with her husband without trying to change him. But Mm. women don't know how to do that, generally speaking. It's very hard because the part of you that wants to change somebody, fix somebody, that's the male side. And women are so far on their male side that when they do dip into their female side and experience discontent and dissatisfaction, they want to share it with their partner. And the irony is... The more stressed the woman is, the more all of her problems get put on him. Right. I mean it's amazing. This is what Freud talked about, which is displacement, and it's very very hard. To overcome without clear knowledge of what what's happening here it's like an illusion
1: and also very important from an ethical standpoint for all coaches listening that we never take it personally when our clients mm-hmm. you know start to uh, whatever that is you know they start to be angry with us or they start to love us or they start to depend on us or anything like that to recognize it's just part of the process and not to take it personally that's what I'm hearing
2: well that's me. that for yeah. coaches well but I'm just I'm talking mm-hmm. you I took see, it for coaching and that's right. absolutely true multiplied by 10, and that's a you know a marriage, a woman will have all kinds of problems throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But it will build up and build up. And if she is talking, when she finally does open up, it will always be about him. Mm-hmm. And her mind will just start focusing on the one person who she feels safe to express herself to. And it just displaces over to him. So you can have all these things. So for women, the challenge and a new skill is to create what I call Venus Talks. You could just say, I want to vent, Uh, but 10 minutes with my partner, and you do it several times a week, and you try to focus on learning how to express your feelings of discontent and then your feelings of positive appreciation for the little things in your life that have nothing to do with him. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of like eight minutes, then you appreciate him, and then he starts learning, okay, I can do this. I can see this amazing phenomena that when women can talk about what's bothering them, they end up feeling really good, and I get to be the hero. And
1: because I can good- and I can, I can, can be quiet for eight minutes, right? And I can mm-hmm. be quiet
2: for eight minutes, okay? And then you end with a nice hug and go into different rooms so he's not tempted to try to give you solutions <laughs> to what you were just saying, because mm-hmm. that's belittling to women. You know, a woman might say, oh, my gosh, the computer wasn't working today. I couldn't uh, get the printer working. It was so frustrating to me. And he says, well, you should have called so-and-so. Mansplaining, call- right, yeah. It, it says, man's soul, he'll immediately come in with a solution to it. And so she kind of feels like I... I can't vent. I can't share with him because he's just going to want to offer a solution. I can uh, solve it, drives it myself. Me
1: yeah. it drives me nuts. Uh, I want to. I want to make sure we've talked a lot about heterosexual relationships. Some, some about long term relationships. And beyond Mars and Venus is talks about today's complex world. And it, it seems like more and more types of relationships are being created every day. Right? There's Tinder dates, and uh, you know where. We talk only for 15 minutes. There's polyamory, poly, polygamous communities. Do your writings, as you've sort of developed, do they apply to these new and often, at least for me, very confusing relationships?
2: Oh, they they apply a lot. And they apply to gay relationships as well. Uh, you know, gay people will say... Well, it, you know, I was just doing one, one, one seminar with a, a gay couple, and, uh, and she was... Uh, she, re- one of the partners, related very much to the female qualities, and the other one related to very much the female qualities and the male qualities. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. like, you know, one of the things I say for women to boost a man's testosterone, just on a regular basis, is whenever possible and true, say something like, gosh, that makes sense, with great wonder and excitement. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Another one is. Oh, that's a good good idea, good idea. It's just that tone of voice. It's not in the conversation. Good boy, good boy. <laughs> not good boy, not good boy. <laughs> but <a> good idea. She took it
1: one step too far. Yeah. And
2: another one, you're right, you're right. Uh, these are, you know, really uh, loving things to say to a man, and women don't realize their power, and the, that's how they can communicate their love to a man. Men don't understand what they can say to a woman, or things like, um, uh, oh, tell me more, and really, what else, and show curiosity, show interest, and uh, help me understand that better, get her to talk more and show interest and caring, that really boosts her estrogen levels. So we we can know these things, and most men, the last thing they're going to say when a woman's upset about something or or talking about something he's not that interested in, he's going to say, well, what else, or help me understand that better. But these are are things that uh, are sweet, and they're loving, and they're expressions of love. Because you're understanding what is it that this person needs most. Those are a few examples of what I go into the book as the key things for men and women. Well, here I'm doing this gay couple or working with them. And you know, one of the partners is more feminine, and she goes, "I relate to all those female things." And the other one is saying, well, "I relate to all those female things, but I also relate to all those male things." Mm. And so, I want I want you to tell me I make sense. I'm uh, it's a good idea, and mm. I was really helpful. And then I want you to tell me how beautiful I am, how much you love me. <laughs> <laughs> I found you It's it, so there's everybody's got these hormones inside of them mm-hmm. and one of the triggers uh... that we can know that we have to find our balance and come back to our self-reliance is when we're stressed and it's just it's universal if you have a human body you've got all these hormones you've got your own unique balance of these hormones and it is more confusing when it's not just sort of simple binary but it, it does help create distinctions so that when your partner is over on one side and they're expressing themselves, uh, you don't think uh, they're crazy or what's wrong with them, but you have a greater compassion and empathy and maybe a wisdom of what you can do for them at that time. Or when they ask for what they would like you to do, like you say to them, how can I help you right now? And they say something, you kind of go, okay, that's not what I would want, but that's what they want, and maybe that has validity. Yeah. And so you explore that.
0: And there, there's, And I like that. And there's also this piece, too, for me when you're talking about stress, right? I do a lot of work with like projections and doing a lot of work with like trigger work, right? And so in like, what do you think that men and women really need to like, get from each other in that regard, right? To just to understand like what triggers you is a projection that you have maybe about yourself and taking the responsibility about that.
2: Well, projection is an advanced advanced class, and that's really, really good when people can get that. When they're they're upset with their partner, basically many times, to a great extent, they're projecting onto them what you're not looking at within yourself. Mm -hmm. So the foundation there is when, to to make it simple so it's with projection or when it's with displacement or when it's just that you're unhappy. uh, At any of those times, you will feel stressed. You will not feel loving. With generally with projection, you can't have positive projections, which is why people fall in love with the wrong people. Right, right. <laughs> you go, "Oh my God, I've met the perfect person," but but basically, when you're when you're when you're feeling out of sorts inside yourself, and even with positive projections, usually there's kind of an anxiousness that goes, oh, i hope this person will love me." So anytime you're in this anxious state, whether it be positive or negative, or resistance state uh, of of uh, frustration or anger, annoyance, irritability, all those states, all those unhappy feeling places, the first step is to not believe anything you're telling yourself because you're telling yourself something that's making you unhappy. (laughs) So don't believe it. It, it, Don't believe it. Mm. And so you don't act on it and you don't dwell on it. But what you do is you then look within yourself to what's going on, and there's different processes for that you know and with projection for example you're really looking at what am i seeing in that person that may be inside of me or may have something to do with me and that's the whole point of going into self-reflection which is exploring and that's why coaching can be really good because it's Perfect. easier to explore what's inside of you when somebody is looking at you and that's asking right. you questions that's, that's the right. key to it i mean i'm an amazing person for self-exploration because of my you know years of meditation and mastering meditation i have that reflection self-reflection but even still to have somebody asking me questions, it just goes to another part of me. Because whenever you're interacting with somebody, what, what is going to happen is the part of you that relates to them wakes up. Otherwise, that part of you is asleep. And that gives you greater uh, awareness, self-awareness, because they're looking at you and they're responding to you. That gives you the ability to go inside further to these caverns, which we can't see. And if since we're looking at projection, that's like when you're. For those that don't understand that, you're walking around and you see somebody you hate, and you you don't even know them. Suddenly you right. hate them. Right. Just, that's, that's just they pushed a trigger button inside, which awakens some part of you that maybe that person was being arrogant, and you you don't look at you don't want to look at the fact that in some way you're arrogant inside as well. How dare but you? Looking at those things, I find the most powerful way to do it uh, is for women is to look at their emotions and for men, you know, to look inside at what your emotions are because your emotions are ruling everything when it comes to hormones, okay, and moods and so forth. And, and so to go in there and look at that, and but when, in, but when we deal with emotions in therapy and coaching, emotions for men is very important because usually when men are stressed, uh, they're over on their female side. So you want to start with where they are, okay, what's going on inside, what are you feeling? But then with men, go more towards the direction of, okay, what do you think about that? Be more analytical. What happened? Four analytical questions to help strengthen masculine energy is what happened, Uh, what didn't happen that you think should have happened or could have happened. So what happened? What else happened? What else happened that's disturbing you? What didn't happen? And then, well, now what could be happening? What are your concerns? And then you go into what should have happened. So you're in the basically the problem-solving mode. You're in the analytical mode, and you're in the detached mode. What that does for men is it brings them back to their male side. And from their male side, then they can access their emotional female side from a place of love rather than from a place of fight or flight. Because when men, the bottom line is when men are feeling fight or flight. This is an interesting distinction for everybody to know. Is when men are feeling fight or flight, uh, their testosterone levels will surge first Mm -hmm. to solve the problem. Right. Now, if you lose confidence, that's where your fight or flight kicks in. Uh, You're you're going to have adrenaline get produced, which says, okay, what do I do? I need extra energy for this. But as soon as you have fear an enzyme called aromatase gets produced, and aromatase converts your testosterone into estrogen. And that's where you experience fear, anxiousness, anger, irritability. It's from the estrogen side. So it was a complete wrong conclusion. and has now been changed in science that when men are aggressive, it's because they have high testosterone. No, it's because they had high testosterone, which converted into high estrogen, and it's only estrogen that causes men to be aggressive. and violence, and mean, and cruel. It's it's, again, you know, it's like we need as men to come back to our masculine side, and particularly at times of big distress, you want to come back to be cool, calm, and collected, which is why all of the traditions, when we talk about spirituality, these spiritual traditions that taught meditation, quieting the mind, primarily taught them for men. Right Now, see, as women are more on their male side, it's helpful for them to quiet the mind, but even more helpful just to keep in mind to express how they feel.
1: It also harkens back to Clarice's earlier question about, you know, logical and those sort of old stereotypes. um, Our time is flying by. We've got about 10 minutes left. Uh, John Gray, would you be okay if we started going into sort of a rapid-fire thing? I know there are a lot of topics that people would want to hear from you on. Are you okay if we go to sort of uh, short-form questions here? Yeah, that that sounds fine. Great. We'll just do... That and then give you a couple of minutes at the end here to give us a parting thought or a parting shot. But if let me like. say first,
2: I really appreciate being able to go a little bit more in depth. Each yeah. chapter in this book goes in depth because we need a new framework to shift this momentum that we 're in right now in society
1: true, that. true that. and
2: you really got to shift people around uh uh. And make it make sense, you know, the Mm -hmm. whole thing, because we're going in the wrong direction, you know, with men opening up and women explain how they feel, men explain how they feel, women want to hear more from men. All of that's going in the wrong direction, but partly partly right. So if you're not having, having problems in your relationship, you generally are doing the wrong things, and it's not your partner only who's doing the wrong things, and we have to be responsible for that. That's
1: why I wrote Beyond Mars, Venus. Okay. Beautiful. Um, and I, I don't know about you, Clarice, but I'm mapping a lot of this onto some of the turmoil in our country right now, too, and some of the people at the top. But let's not go there right now. <laughs> uh, that's another show, perhaps. All right, so uh, rapid-fire question. First of all, with the rise of technology and technological, the grinders and the tinders and like that <laughs> is, uh, and for that matter, polyamory and you know, a lot of people out there doing a lot of things with very little... Uh, connection i know john you and i came up with the same at, at a time when you know you went to the bar or the ashram or wherever you were and those were your choices right everybody here is you know a potential partner but now with technology there's seemingly unending partners and and play and whatnot available so my question is is monogamy doomed
2: no no what happens just like our country is not doomed we'll go to one extreme one extreme, and then go back to the other, <laughs> and then in nice. the middle point, things will be really good. I'm always on that. Everybody's engine. always going left, right, left, right, and and same thing. What's happening is relationships are degenerating for one part of society tremendously, and people will experience the emptiness of it. Yeah, the immediate gratification leads us. Mm-hmm. It changes the brain to where you're unable to appreciate and sustain long-term positive feelings, mm. and uh, which would be well. That's a whole other book I wrote on me. <laughs> yes. But anyway, there there is. We're going to go in that direction. People are going to be completely disturbed by it because it's empty. It's an end road. It doesn't mm-hmm. help you to grow and love. And there'll be others who, who are interested in what we talk about, which is how to grow and love. Once they experience the immediate gratification, doesn't leave you feeling good over a long period of time. But you know, if I'm eating a bag of Oreos, it tastes really, really good, <laughs> and then afterwards you feel awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's that—that's when you decide not to pick up another bag of Oreos.
0: What I'm curious in or about is the the. Do you feel that like there's a difference in relationship at different stages in life? And yes. if oh. so, like what are they?
1: Like well, Clarice is okay. young, and I'm old, right?
2: So this is this is very very good question. Traditionally speaking, there was the honeymoon period, and then there was the contentment period, and and that honeymoon could go from a few months to a few years, and that was it. Because the newness, uh, whether you have any communication skills at all or any sense of polarity, knowing how to create polarity between masculine and feminine, without that insight, both outside the bedroom and inside the bedroom, I teach in one of my books, Polarity Sex, how to maintain the polarity so the attraction is there. Mm -hmm. So. If you don't know those skills, then the stages of marriage were what they used to be, which is excitement, passion, interest, and then nothing uh, after that, but contentment. And when when it worked, there was contentment, but there wasn't passion or whatever. And if a man was wealthy, he would have affairs. And if a man traveled a lot, a woman would have affairs while he was gone. So that was the way the world used to be. Now, today, what's happening is... Uh, you, you experience a newness. The newness is there. The honeymoon period is there. And it actually goes away more quickly right. unless people, because there's so much uh, high stimulation today, so much immediate gratification. The more immediate it is, the more immediately you get what you want, the more quickly you'll lose interest. So what we're seeing is it doesn't last long. It's a shorter period of time. The honeymoon period is shorter. People then uh, don't go into a state of com- contentment because they have the fantasy that, it should all be easy and effortless, and it should last for a lifetime, because there's people like me saying, hey, guess what? It's lasted a lifetime, because for me, uh, sex is better now than it ever was in my life, and I'm wow. 65 years old. Wow! You know, that's the passion has grown in the marriage. The, the clinginess of the first few years of marriage certainly isn't there you have to maintain, as you talked about your vacations, you have to maintain your own life to come together and to sustain the passion.
1: I'm so sorry. Our rapid fire seems to have come to an end. That music tells us our time is up. And it was just extraordinary to be with you, John Gray. Thank you so much for joining us, especially now, right before Valentine's Day. The latest book, Beyond Mars and Venus, Relationship Skills for Today's Complex World. But there are lots more books. Go check them out immediately at marsvenus.com. Clarice, that's another edition of The Coaching Show. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with The Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. To find out more about the Coach's Training Program, just call 1 888 548 6813. That's 1 888 548 6813. Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol, and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.
1: Identity theft costs over $20 billion a year. When was the last time you changed all of your passwords? Don't be a victim. The nonprofit Securing Our ECity Foundation is here to support you. They serve individuals, families, seniors, businesses, and nonprofits throughout San Diego, helping to make a safer cyber experience for all. For more information, visit securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444.
3: February is a month filled with love. And Shore is sure to share the love. Bosses should love their hard-working employees. Employees should love their dedicated bosses. But giving roses could get you a visit from HR. So give them a new office chair. Everyone in their back will love a new office chair. And HR won't mind. You'll love the great selection of chairs at Shore Office Warehouse. It's Shore for sure. ShoreOfficeWarehouse.com Se habla Can you imagine a world without children? A world without their smiles or their laughter? A world where children
2: don't play or sing or dream or imagine?
3: At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we can't imagine a world without children. That's why we're working every day. To find cures for diseases that strike down children everywhere. Diseases like cancer, pediatric AIDS, and sickle cell. And we won't stop until every child is cured and every disease is defeated. Because we can't imagine a world without children. Can you?
2: Finding cures, saving children. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. To learn how you can help, log on to our website, stjude.org.
3: Five four eight six eight one three.